0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. For the most part, as I mentioned in my intro, I use songs that are popular on Christian radio to inspire us to dive into God's word. You're already listening to them on the radio, and hopefully when you spend time in God's word, the song will trigger all that you've learned from your time there and bring it back to your memory. However, sometimes God begins to reveal things to me in his word, and I can't really find a song that's currently playing or popular that speaks to what he's showing me, or maybe just another song is in my mind. So I take a break from mainstream Christian radio and feature a song that speaks to what I've been studying. This week is one of those weeks. God has really been speaking to me about mercy. And do you know what? There aren't really that many songs out there about mercy. Hmm. Maybe that's a problem. But don't fret. We sing one at our church. It's called Have Mercy on Me by the Porter's Gate Worship Project. Now, a few of you may have noticed that I missed the podcast last week. It was the first time in five years that I have missed and i was really trying hard not to fret as it was impossible for me to get it done and posted due to an unexpected scheduling conflict and when i when i found myself kind of getting work, worked up about it cuz i really 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 don't want to miss i was reminded that it was pretty appropriate that this week was on mercy so without further ado let's take a quick listen and i'll catch you on the other side when they see- a few weeks ago on episode 266 for me when we were studying psalm 18 i read this verse uh, verse 25 i'm going to read verse 25 through 27 it says with the merciful you show yourself merciful with the blameless man you show yourself blameless with the purified you show yourself pure and with the crooked you make yourself seem torturous for you have a you save a humble people but the haughty eyes you bring down now when I read that, I was really taken aback. and I explained on that episode, I don't think God transforms into a merciful God when we are merciful, as if he as if he changes as if we can change him. <laughs> However, it does say that He will show himself merciful to those who are merciful. And the reason I was so taken aback is that I'm not merciful. I could sit here and try to justify why I could kind of sugarcoat, um, you know, maybe I'm not as not merciful as I claim to be or whatever. But I just honestly just choose to confess it. I want to repent of it. I repent of it. I repent of it today. I repented of it yesterday. I will absolutely need the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome it. But but I honestly have a tendency to be self-righteous. I, I am passionate about my positions. I have a friend who says, I could agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. I love that. <laughs> now, uh, you know, if I think I'm right, I'm going to be passionate about it. And I'm not so unbelievably completely hard-headed that I cannot be convinced of truth. I have been known to kind of shift my positions over the years um, as as the Lord has revealed truth to me, as I've learned truth for, through uh, listening to quality teaching, reading quality teaching. But honestly, if I think I'm right, I'm pretty passionate about it. And I also hate being wrong. Anybody with me? Uh, But when I am, I love mercy, (laughs) you know, deserving one thing because I'm wrong, but getting something completely different. So why, oh, why am I not merciful when someone else is wrong? I, I often harshly judge them. I assign character. I get angry, but I need God's mercy and I need God to show himself merciful to me. And if I'm desperate for God's mercy, then those around me might be desperate for it as well. And then comes the message of this week's song, let your mercy flow through us. That's what the chorus says. We didn't listen to the chorus, but the bridge we just heard says, when they see us, may they know your mercy. So what is God's mercy? Well, this week I ran across a brief article that's an excerpt from a book by Herman Bovink, and he's a Dutch theologian from the late 1800s. The title of the article is, His Mercy is Without End. And really, it's really less of an article and more of like a listing of scriptures that reveal the mercy of God. And I figured it was as good a start as any. So I grabbed this outside resource and I just began looking up verses. Now, that is a Bible interaction tool exercise, by the way. I call these exercises Bites for short. And while I normally don't start with an outside resource this is a little bit different in that I was using it as a jumping off point to get into scripture to learn about a topic you could do the same thing by taking an article a list you could take this podcast and go look up all the verses we're talking about and do what I'm telling you to do kind of follow the same pattern I followed um, you could do this on Sunday morning if a pastor is listing out a variety of verses just take your little notepad and write down all the verses he re- references and and then follow this site that we're getting ready to do. So um, I used this particular outside resource, this article as a jumping off point now to explore a topic and exploring a topic is another bite. And we haven't done that in a while. Uh, The next bite that I used was to write out scripture. So I took the verses listed in this article. I wrote down the reference, looked it up in my Bible, and then I copied down the verse word for word. And I'm so glad I did this because of what happened. I I promise I'll reveal what happened in a minute. But for now, I want to walk you through my process so you can repeat it. So Bavinck says the goodness of God when shown to those in misery is called mercy. Now, miserable people need mercy, (laughs) but miserable, miserable people are often miserable to be around. They're the rough ones, the angry ones, the haughty ones, the hard to love ones. And yet the goodness of God, when shown to those in misery, is called mercy. So as I mentioned, I grabbed my Bible, grabbed my moleskin notebook, started copying down the verses. Now, one thing that this habit or this practice does, this bite, is it makes me slow down, and that's another bite. I'm often in need of slowing down to really process looking at the words, studying what it says. And this is why it's going to be important for you not just to listen today to the podcast, but to follow the bites too. You will be tempted to listen to the podcast, check it off your list. You've heard my journey and you're going to feel like you've been on it with me. But you really have to interact with God's Word to get the full benefit. Plus, this podcast is only 20 minutes, so there's no way that I can get to all the verses that I actually looked up and wrote down and processed and thought through. I'm going to give you some highlights. So the first verse I looked up was Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, and it says, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Ah, now I didn't read in larger chunks this week, but I can't help whenever I'm in a verse to kind of look around and see what the context is of the verse that I'm reading. And this is right after Moses is instructed to cut a new set of stone tablets after he broke the first ones. And this is what happens. So let's kind of back up and kind of read at least a larger section. So verse five, I just read verse six, but I'm going to start in verse five and read all the way through verse nine. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed. So in other words, God's coming down, he's descending, he's his presence there, and and this God is proclaiming himself, okay? And this is what he says of himself, the Lord, the Lord a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation and Moses what's his response quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped and he said if now i have found favor in your sight o lord please let the lord go go in the midst of us for it is a stiff-necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance What a beautiful scene that this is in. And this kind of declaration in the midst of this section, we have what my study Bible calls a fundamental confession of the Old Testament. The confession that says that God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And honestly, we could stop there. I mean, how amazing is this God that we serve? We could make a list, all right. So one of my favorite bites is to stop and make a list. And, and when I do that, it helps me process the truths that I'm reading in God's word. So if I were to make a list of these characteristics of God that I see in this one verse, it includes five things, merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and abounding in faithfulness. Now, Already I'm feeling the conflict between the character of God and my own character because I don't look like my Heavenly Father. I've already admitted to not being merciful, nor am I all that gracious. I'm definitely not slow to anger. God is shaping me in this area. I'm a lot better than I was, but I have a long way to go. And while I love, I'm not sure I abound in steadfast love and faithfulness. And therein lies the problem. When we create a picture of who God is, absent from the absent from the truth of scripture then we start creating a god in our mind that looks a whole lot like men have you read mythology lately that's what they did right they were they were not divine in perfection they had they had tons of imperfections i think of today's superheroes they're not all that great either they might be super in some ways but their hero status can legitimately be called into question as their weaknesses come to light they are they are definitely not divine Not a whole lot of mercy and grace and patience and steadfast love and faithfulness in abundance, right? But that's who God is. Then I moved on to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31. It says, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. In this section of scripture, Moses is laying it all out for the Israelites once again. He's slowly walking through their history with the Lord and calling them to lives of obedience and submission to this God who has proven himself over and over and over again. And here we see the results of God's mercy mercy explained further. It says, he will not leave you, although he threatened to to do so at one point. He will not destroy you. That was on the table at one point as well. He gets pretty frustrated with them. And he will not forget his covenant or his promise. And all of this is proof and a result of of his characteristic of mercy. Then the next verse is in Second Chronicles, verse 9. It says, For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. This call back to the Lord, it occurs during Hezekiah's reign. He became a king at 25 years of age, and he called the nation of Judah back to the Lord. They had, they had, they had fallen away. They had had some terrible kings. The people weren't really into it, by the way, to be honest. Um, but once again, we are reminded of God's mercy here, despite our own unfaithfulness. Then we hop over to Psalm 86, 15. We see the same confession again, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And here God's mercy is in direct contrast to the men surrounding David. That's in verse 15. But if you look up in verse 14, those men are described as insolent and ruthless and not only rising up against David and seeking his life, but they're not at all interested in the Lord's ways. And then if we just, so that's verse 14, verse 15 is the confession. Then verse 16, all we have to do is read verse 16 to see the result of God's mercy. In this situation, the result is grace and strength in salvation. There's another verse that highlights the results of mercy. Psalm 111 verse 4, it says, He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. Back up on episode 265, we talked about the power of remembering. And, and here we see that is the mercy of the Lord that causes us to remember. Oh, there, I've learned so much already. There's other verses. The thing that popped out at me was that confession was was spoken over and over and over again throughout the Psalms. So we read it first in Exodus, but then you read it over and over and over again. And I wrote it out over and over and over again because I just wrote out all the verses. And yet it was such a great process to to write it even to write it in repetition there were a few more verses that I looked up I considered um, my thoughts I put things down I I then moved on to the section of the article where Bob Inc highlights some verses that contrast the attitude of humans With God's mercy. Um, In 2 Samuel verse 24, 14, David says to his colleague, Let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is great, but let me not fall into the hand of man. That proves that man does not display mercy the way that the Lord displays mercy. In fact, Proverbs chapter 12 verse 10 describes the mercy of the wicked as cruel. Daniel chapter 9 describes man as rebellious and unrighteous in contrast to God's great mercy. And then that leads me to the verses that described God's mercy. I saw that his mercy was great and abundant and without end and new every morning and tender like a father. I'm telling you, if you write all this stuff out, it begins to sink in and you begin to see the beauty and the wonder of God's mercy. And then when you follow the bite of completing a word study, we discover there are a few different words translated mercy in the Old Testament, and um, it declares that it means gracious. I love this one. Kanun Kanun is only used as an attribute of God, and it's described as hearing the cry of the vexed debtor. I love that. Um, It's uh, one of the words for mercy is favor or merciful kindness. Rakum, which is another word for mercy, uh, for merciful, is only used as an attribute of God and it's also defined as compassion. So, how did all of this come together for me? Because I sat in the Word and I know this was just like a cliff's notes. Because what I really want you to do is take that article and look up those verses yourself. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes. You can find that at com forward slash 268. But at, what did that mean for me? Like, why am I sitting in mercy? Well, I mean, I'm, I, I told you, I started in the Psalms and then it just kind of kept coming up. And in my life, I've been witness to this relational conflict that has been wedged in my mind. The funny thing is, it's not my own. It's not a relational conflict with me. It was on behalf of a friend that I feel has been Wronged and be on behalf of my friend, I really resist offering mercy to the person, even just in my mind, because I'm not part of the story. To that person that's standing in opposition, I don't want to show this person mercy. They don't even know it. I'm not even part of the story, but I think this is a perfect example to be honest, because God desires us to be right in our hearts as much as He desires uh, to uh, outward expressions of righteousness. So. When I think of this conflict, I can just feel my self righteousness rise up because I think that they're wrong in so many ways and they're actually causing harm to my friend and it starts to make me angry. And but then as I study all of these characteristics of mercy and the results of mercy, the light comes on for me. My anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Nor does it bring about the results that mercy will bring about. Because let's learn. Let's let's review what we've learned so far about mercy. Mercy does not abandon. Uh, uh, we learned that way back up in the, one of those verses. I'm willing to abandon this relationship because I'm sick of the conflict. But mercy is not willing to abandon. Mercy does not destroy. My anger brings about death. It brings about the death of relationships, death of righteousness. It brings about destruction. Not life. It doesn't bring life. It brings destruction. Mercy does not destroy. Mercy does not forget the covenant. This person I'm so frustrated with is a believer. And Romans chapter 12 says, In Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We're actually partakers in the new covenant together in Christ, and we belong to one another. And so mercy doesn't forget that covenant. Uh, we learned in Psalms that some more of the results of mercy are grace and strength and salvation. Obviously, salvation's not in my hands, but grace and strength can be offered as opposed to frustration and pouting, which is where I've been sitting. You know, ultimately, I still think this person is wrong in their thinking, and I'm frustrated with the destruction that they are bringing along with them. But I started to enter some self-righteous feelings one night. I was reading in the Word, and I was like, yeah, they don't do that, and they don't do that, and they don't think that way. And God, you really want them to think that way? And I was feeling quite justified. And then I read this in James chapter 2, this little drop-the-mic moment, where it says, Mercy triumphs over judgment. Period. Okay, Lord. (laughs) Okay, so while I have a long way to go, fixing my eyes on the mercy of my God, really studying it, thinking about it, pondering it, longing to be transformed to look like him, may I offer mercy, may I be merciful that I may see the mercy of God all the more. So what's next? Well, use the article I found by Herman Bob Anker, uh, the excerpt that was online to look up all of the scripture references for yourself. Write out the scriptures in your own handwriting, and then perhaps even commit the confession to heart. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or Facebook, michellekneezat.com. And let's talk about what you're learning. And thank you so much for your mercy that, um, in regards to the podcast last week. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Sherry from Georgia, New from Australia, Tammy from Iowa, Kim from Missouri, and Tanya from Oklahoma. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website, they, they benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I use on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for my podcast yet? This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Eden Lee 1992 who writes, I just happened to hear you speaking when I clicked on to hear the song Thy Will. And I realized it was a podcast. I've heard about podcasts, but I've never intentionally listened to anyone. But I'm glad I stopped and listened to you. Although I know that the story of Sarah and Hagar. It was an inspiring take that made me think, I can't wait to listen to you again. May God bless you. How fun. I love that I could be one of your most one of your first podcasts, but even more that it caused you to ponder scripture in a new way. Thank you for your review. And then hashtag Goody Girl writes, I appreciate this podcast every week. Many times we're playing replaying it to squeeze more of the goodness Michelle has poured into each one. Music is such a blessing and to combine it with the word of truth in the Bible is an awesome way to infuse it into this hectic life. Thanks, Michelle. The Lord is using this in many lives. I love it. Thank you so much for your kind words, and I'm so thankful to be His vessel. Of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. We're also on Joy 103.1 every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow us on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Just Want You by Sarah Reeves. A request for anything Sarah Reeves came by way of my listener, Crystal Ann. And I woke up singing this song the other day, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 268. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.